Welcome back into another episode of Chasing 69, a New York Jets podcast. Today, very fun episode. We are going to draft some breakout players, uh, kind of build our own team of up and rising studs on the New York Jets. Um, we're going to go over some free agency news with the Jets, a couple of signings that they're taking a look at, uh, just some other transactions, hype beast uh, Denzel Mims. Uh, for those uh, listening for the first time, make sure to follow us over on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. I am Blake Pace. You can find me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Alongside Teddy Pristash, you can find him at Teddy Huncho. Make sure to check out the YouTube page as well, too. Teddy didn't do YouTube last week because Zoom is our worst nightmare. I think it'll be yeah, a little Zoom bit easier this time. These days. Yeah, Zoom, uh, I really do think we have to switch to OnlyFans. But uh, before, before we get into everything we're doing today... How's uh how's life going up for you in Syracuse, New York? Am I allowed to it's going I, good, do man. I dox you by saying Syracuse, New York? Um, yeah, I'm sure all the fans will be outside my house. Uh but uh no, I'm doing good. I uh it, it's that time of year post draft where we're just like it's like you get so excited and then it's just blue balls for the season. But I got the a couple dynasty ball. drafts going on. That's keeping me busy. Got Elijah Moore in one of them. That's super sick. So you know, just living, getting through, waiting for September, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm living vicariously through your dynasty drafts because I, I just don't have any right now. Um, and, you know, our league rookie draft isn't for a while. All my leagues honestly don't do rookie drafts until the right before the season starts. So, yeah, living vicariously through those leagues. I like when you send the uh, the team updates to the Dr. Locks group chat. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, not only blue balls, like I just have. I am just searching for stuff to write about. And it's <laughs> funny that um, my next article that probably comes out is going to be a lot related to this podcast that we're doing right now. I, I oh, typed up look at that. three breakup players. So make sure to follow over my content at uh, Sports Illustrated covering the New York Jets. But Teddy, um, let's kick things right off. Before we get into our draft, we always want to do some housekeeping as far as things with uh, in the world of the New York Jets. Um kind of one of the things that we had been talking about for a while uh jets cut van roten um kind of just something we saw when you take a look at the cap situation and ways to save money i think it seems pretty clear that they wanted to get his three and a half off the books now they can always bring him back you know how uh you know deep they want the, their uh trenches to be in new york but just what did you think uh, of seeing the transaction go through yeah i mean like you said just kind of something that um, has been a little bit expected just in terms of like ways to save them money. Um, they signed Nate Herbig from uh, the Eagles, like off their waivers. Um, I don't know. Is he, is he the goat? Is he a great backup? Is he a Dan Feeney type guy? He's a solid backup. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not a, he's not a, a bad player. He's young, you know, he's only 23 years old. That's younger than us. So um, oh, I, that know, is younger than us. That's kind of crazy. A, take a shot yeah. on the guy. I mean, I just I like that it saves the money and I think it's going to be funny when we like probably resign him in camp or something if an injury happens and probably just pay him the <clears throat> the veteran minimum. So so, yeah, just something to definitely talk about because Van Roten's been a guy who was an important piece of the Jets at one point, obviously, without much success. But it's right. kind of nice to see that, that we're moving on from from guys like him. Yeah, and it's it's even more so. I think it's funny to take a look at the Jets and as they continue on with, I guess, what is what, part three or four of three free agency now, now that the draft is over. It's all these guys that had huge roles that now we're like, are they going to be on the roster next year? And, yeah. you know, there's a couple of guys that are probably getting cut over the next few weeks. 
um, or even leading up into the beginning of the season, trade chips, whatever they, they try and make out of those guys. But it's crazy to see um, how quickly you can flip teams over like that. And, and especially, like I always relate because I, I think it's so similar how the Jets are rebuilding in this current era to kind of how the Colts you know, rebuilt um, in the Chris Ballard era. And it was literally just the same thing. It's like, wait, that guy was starting for us, you know, 14 games last season. And now he's not even a depth piece. He's just off the roster. It's, it's so, um, you don't want to say positive because you're not wishing for guys to get cut. But when you see the direction that the team is headed in, it's like, wow, look at how quickly they're just turning this thing around. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's no secret that <laughs> the Jets have been starting players who, who were not good enough to be on the field in, in recent years, you know? So, so let's put that behind us, you know, and, and, and we need some elite players and, and that's why it's going to be exciting talking about these breakout guys uh, mm -hmm. just because some, some of these guys who are solid pieces on the jets right now need to become stars, you know? And, right. and when you have average to above average players, as opposed to below average players, you're just hoping do something. It, it makes a big difference. Exactly. Exactly. And talking about players that are um, splash players for the New York Jets, guys that are going to make their names in New York. Hey, the Jets signed quarterback Sauce Gardner. They agreed to his deal on Saturday afternoon. Oh, uh, four year contract. Pretty standard as, as far as those go. Yeah. You know, I speaking through, I guess I've never had to live through the Jets trauma of this, but just take me through your thoughts on an easy transaction. Yeah, it's just it's like not a big deal at all. Like it's really not. And yeah, it, it, you know, the past couple of years of like Wilson and and Beckton and I think even Quinnen, I can't really remember, but just the I think Quinnen was too. Yeah, the whole time you like it's you know that they're gonna um, sign. You know, like it, it's eventually gonna work out, but it's just so annoying to have to deal with. And and it's day one or two of training camp and your number one draft pick isn't even there last year, Zach Wilson missed day one. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, like get your quarterback there, get your young guys there who are, who are potentially going to be, you know, stars and leaders on this team. So it's like, it's like a non-story, but it is a story, especially of, with the history of the past three years. So just to see it done, I just wanted to at least mention it because it, it, it is like a nice, like, whew, you know, yeah. Oh, definitely. And I mean, it's it's also nice that you've got him out of the way now. You can take a look at your other first rounders. You can get really the the rest of the class started. There's no need to to hesitate with these other guys. Um, so that's that's always very nice to see. Um, another one that I want to ask you about before we jump into two final names. We're getting some Sunday night football buzz here, Teddy. Uh, oh boy. Rumors have it that that week one of the NFL season is going to finish Sunday night football prime time. New York Jets hosting the New England Patriots, a historic, you know, a, not a historic, a um, important day in New York City as well, too, or in, in the New York area with it being 9-11 that Sunday. Um, what do you make of, you know, just this hype building round where the Jets are opening in a, in a pretty big stage with this revamped team taking on good old Bill Belichick? I think that the lack of primetime games that the Jets have played in over the past five years has been um, slightly annoying because you obviously want to see um, your team, you know, like in those bright lights where everyone's watching. But at the same time, like, I really hate when the Jets play primetime because it has just been terrible mm -hmm. lately. 
Um, I dug up this, the, these numbers, but since the butt fumble, which was a, a primetime game, you know, which the whole world is watching, the Jets have lost 18 of their 24 primetime games and they've lost the last seven. Most recently, uh, last year, pretty early in the season when we played the Colts and I think I lost like 42 to 10 or something like that. It was just a, a, a crazy that was game. The Mike White injury game, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, you got a better memory than me, but it's just we have this history of like these primetime games and especially over the past like four or five years, it feels like every primetime game, our quarterback throws five interceptions. Um, So I just want that to stop, you know, so like it's exciting, like, oh, cool, the Jets are going to get some love, but it's annoying. It's the Patriots to me. It's annoying. It's week one to me. Um, But, you know, if we go in and win a game like that week one, it, it does kind of shift where just where the jets are in, in the minds of just the normal NFL fan, at least in terms of, okay, maybe they're not in the dumpster anymore. Maybe they're a, a real, at least middle of the pack team. Um, so it's exciting, but it's, it's scary. And I, I kind of wish it's not true. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, not entirely scary for me. I I'm excited to see it. I mean, if, if, if the hype surrounding this team is real and all of the, you know, cause like I said, it's, it's no longer just the jets hyping up themselves. It is everybody around hyping up what the New York jets have been doing this off season. As we've all said a plenty of times, it does all still hinge on, you know, Zach Wilson taking that second step, um, becoming the team's franchise quarterback. What a stage to to really come out and make a statement. And yeah, it's not Tom Brady and the Patriots. It's still Bill Belichick and a very talented Patriots football team. Um, you know, a team that's young and kind of retooled their defense. And it's it it would be a um, you know, for for a lesser or better uh, words, it's a great way to get rid of those ghosts that Sam Darnold was so scared of a few years back. Oh, it's true. And, and it could be it could be a very formative game, I think, I mean, especially if they walk away with a win. But it's it's one of those things, you know, I mean, look, look at us. We're already analyzing week one and we don't even know if it's real. But but it is one of those things where, like, you if you start the season and you get a divisional game and you get and you get crushed by the Patriots, you know, and it's just like, all right, well, it's week one. We want to let these guys breathe a little bit and, and grow into, you know, what they're going to be able to do. But at the same time, like. That just you're starting kind of like with a, you know, with a, with some baggage, I guess, on the yep. season. Yeah. Yep. So but I like enough of that. It's, it's a rumor. So we'll have to see. Maybe we just spent the last few minutes talking about something that's never going to even happen. It's probably true, though. Those rumors it is. are always I, true. I, I would, like. I would assume just with, with the way everything's been building, like I said, with, with the jets and with it being such an important day for New York and it's the season opener. It's like, well, let's oh, give yeah. the jets a home primetime game and who better to face than, uh, than Bill Belichick and the new England Patriots. So I'm assuming it's probably right. Um, but it, it's, yeah, that would be an exciting way to uh, soon ish, right? Yeah. And then Next Thursday. Yeah. Somewhat soon. Maybe. So we'll find out soon. That enough. could be just so wrong, but we'll go with it. It'll, it'll, it's always around this time. Um, All right, two more things that we want to get to before our fun little draft that we're going to do. Um, Per Adam Schefter, and I guess confirmed by a bunch of other people, uh, free agent defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi uh, is visiting with the Jets. He's almost spent the last two days, actually, in New York. He's a New Jersey native. Um, Signed a a pretty decent deal with the Bears earlier in free agency. He um, 
they failed his physical Chicago did and put him back on the open market. Uh, he was pretty good this past season for Cincinnati had one of his better years at defensive tackle career high, seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss, uh, 16 QB hits. He did get injured in the postseason though. Um, and, and, um, season ending foot injury that required surgery, probably what led to the failed physical, maybe just not starting to see any progress either way has spent the last two days with New York. And personally, just my thoughts is this defensive line is going to be a problem to deal with if they keep adding people of this caliber. And it's not the fact that he's a world stopper, but it's when you can go eight to 10 deep on your defensive line and just have guys that are, are quality players at the very minimum, that's hard for offensive lines to push around through, a, a, you know, on a consistent basis. And we talk every time and I keep repeating myself. They want to win up front. They want to win with a lot of pressure with their front four, not have to blitz open up holes for the linebackers. That defensive line is going to be one of the deepest in all of football. And um, a lot of guys have to hit. A lot of guys have to continue to take that next step up in their careers. You know, Quentin Williams takes another step. you got Carl Lawson coming back from injury. You've got a couple of edge rushers that are, you know, going to be rookies playing their first seasons. Um, a lot of guys, so, you know, Solomon Thomas brought in, and he's someone that's kind of floated around. He's been okay. They moved him to defensive tackle, and now he's better. But it's just when you take a look at, at all the names at the very least, it's it's like we've said with, with Van Roten getting cut. It's like some of these guys that we that they relied on heavily this past year on the back end of their defensive line probably don't make the roster if these transactions go through. So what do you think about adding over to uh, the defensive line yet again? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. It's the depth is is – I mean, you can see it and, and it's there and adding another guy like this, what I know about him, um, he's a good player. And, you know, like you said, he's not going to be a starter by any means, but, but he's going to be able to play. And I do think that, um, I mean, the medical thing is definitely a little sketchy because, you know, he fails a physical and then no one else signs him. Um, so that is like, it worries me a little bit, but he's been there for two days. So I'm sure they're doing their homework on him and, you know, keep adding good players. I'm into it. Yeah. Can't complain there. Um, and all right, the last thing that we need to get to before our draft, and it's the most fun one for me, um, they are doing, the jets are doing everything they can to put out the PR, uh, role for Denzel Mims. Um, you know, it was last week with, was it Daniel Jeremiah? Who's um, I don't know. I saw at a couple first tweets it was, that were that were and I, super I'm pretty sure viral. DJ we've continued to go is like the the buddy of Joe Douglas. So even when you see that, you're like, well, of course you're you're the first guy that that Joe chooses to go to. But then we saw it with Jordan Schultz again today, kind of just another national media um, figure uh, as far as the NFL goes. But really bumping out how electric Denzel Mims has been um it, through the start of this offseason program for the Jets and I'm sorry I'm trying not to laugh but we both kind of are a little bit it's a little ridiculous to keep seeing and um I respect the hell out of the Jets for doing this to try and really bump up the the value of Denzel Mims who probably finds himself as the fifth wide receiver on this Jets depth chart if he stays on the roster uh by the time September rolls around but um when you saw it what what went through your head I just think that, that, you know, listen, 
I'm not the Denzel Mims hater that Blake is. Okay. So let's yeah. make that clear. I think Denzel Mims is pretty good, but, but it's just like, it's like, okay, we have like multiple guys in the national media just being like, being like, Oh, let's hype up Denzel Mims real quick who the jets don't even really need to rely on to do anything productive this year. Obviously it would be cool if he could contribute, but like they probably don't need to. And it's just so obvious, like, like, Oh, like, like, only positive stories have come out about Denzel Mims so far. And again, like if they're true and, and that's cool, like I'm rooting for Denzel Mims, but best case scenario for Denzel Mims is that he's the wide receiver four or five on this team. Um, and I really, I mean, I think at the end of the day, he's just going to be our fifth wide receiver next year. I think probably no team is going to be like, Oh, let's go trade for Denzel Mims. But you know, maybe if some team wants to give Joe Douglas like a six and he's like, let's do it. There you go. But I definitely think they're they're putting it out to try to increase his trade value. I definitely think that's what's happening. Yeah, without a doubt. And honestly, if a sixth is there, go and take it, um, which honestly, like is another just like pat on the back to uh, Douglas. If you can get this done, it's like these guys that just aren't panning out in New York. You just bump up the value, get a couple of guys to tweet them out. And then all of a sudden you're getting something back. And, and yes, the investment they put into him, the fleece not... God. Well, Go yeah, but he, in, in this one, they didn't get the return they wanted, you know, oh, they draft no, Denzel no. Mims high. He doesn't turn into the guy that they wanted him to be. And obviously, I, you know, honestly, they've, they've done a good job kind of recovering from that mistake by way of just drafting well after Mims and, you know, getting Elijah Moore, investing the 10th overall pick in Garrett Wilson, finding Braxton Berrios, you know, who was cut from New England. Um, he's done a good job making up for that mistake. Not that it was the most detrimental, but it definitely doesn't help when you invest an early pick in a wide receiver that doesn't pan out. I mean, you know, the, the Eagles have to go and trade their first round pick for AJ Brown, which of course you always do, but then you know that they selected Jalen Rager, a pick ahead of Justin Jefferson. It's like, well, maybe if you had just drafted the right wide receiver, you could have just used that first round pick elsewhere. So there's always going to be that ripple effect of, of drafting, um, the wrong player, but being able to cut ties with the mistake as quick as you can and still get something back would be a pretty impressive feat. But I think we're on the same page when we saw it kind of shared and it's just like, what? come on. I totally agree with you, but I don't stand for, for this podcast being an anti Denzel Mims podcast. I don't. Well, you, and you still have him on your dynasty roster and we don't have I deep I, benches. I sent the tweet. I sent the tweet to our dynasty league group chat because i was hoping just for someone to be like oh here's a third here you know what i mean but i don't know man i i don't want to drop him i probably will when draft comes around but i really don't want to i got a lot of bad players on my team you do let's get to this draft yeah Um (laughs) yeah i think well i just want to say i think at the end of the day what what ends up happening with mims is i do think because it happens every off season somebody's going to get hurt in training camp and God forbid it's a team that's already thin at wide receiver and they're like, fuck it. Let's just take a shot. Like the Packers, they're extremely thin at wide receiver. If one guy goes down, they're probably Imagine just like Mims being the number one receiver for, for Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. <laughs> Wouldn't that, be insane? that is hilarious to think about. Uh, that would be sick. That would be, that would be, really I mean, good. it would kind of suck. That's the thing of like all these well, players would... that leave the jets, you just have to like not root for them. Well, it would probably, if you're the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers, it somehow always ends up working out no matter who you really are. Right. I mean, think That's of the guys true. that have gone through and been successful there. So I'm sure he'll end up doing well, but it, it, I think it's more of the quarterback than it would be the receiver. But 
anyways, you're right. Let's get into the draft. Let's kick things off. I am going to share my screen here, and I hope I know how, what I'm doing here. Oh, perfect. So a classic Zoom thing. There's, you know, and I wish we had the same one. It's not the same. Can you see it? Yes, sir. I hope the recording can see this. Do you, do you want to do what the, the uh, Yak does with the best of seven? Sure. Yeah, we're big Yak fans We're here. We're, we're stealing from other podcasts. Is. If you guys are, are fans of the Yak. And, oh, I was just thinking the – People listening, which is 95% of them, they can't see what we're doing. We're spinning a wheel to decide who gets the first pick. Um, yeah, check us out I, on YouTube, maybe, if it's there. Yeah, it'll, uh, it probably it'll, won't be. I'll try and get it there this week. It's just annoying when we have to piece it up the way we're doing it. Definitely will be by next week, as long as Zoom doesn't fuck with us. All right, so we're going to spin uh, best out of seven. This is really going to kill some really dead air. Let's go <laughs> rapid fire, rapid fire. Let's just go best of three. Best of three. Sounds good. Yeah. I was spinning for a while. All right. Spinning. One for All right. Blake. I'm up one nothing. Cocksucker. Oh. Blake's got no clue what he's doing here. I opened right, this up again. halfway through. We're on spin this number two. I'm up one nothing. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All oh, right. One, let's one. go. One, one. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it all comes down to one more spin. Comes down to the to final see who spin. gets the number one pick. And I will say, that before this, we were texting about the number one pick, and Blake said that there's a clear one-one. Now I know who I think. Let's I'm excited go. to see who I you take. Teddy one. wins. I kind of don't think Blake's gonna agree with my number one pick, but yeah, I'm. I might get some good value here. Yeah. So here we go. We're getting into um, our breakout well, players. Yeah, we, we should set the we should set the table a little bit better. We kind of just went into that but this is this is our draft of breakout players for the new york jets next season we're each going to pick three guys go back and forth uh just guys that we think are ready to take things to the next level in 2022 so teddy you won the wheel who is your one one yeah i mean i i was thinking about kind of trying to pick like more sleeper guys but i think the one one it's got to be zach wilson and the reason i think that is and that's my pick is, is I'm buying it. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm putting my claim in the ground that I think Zach Wilson is going to take a step forward and, and is going to become a, a, a good to above average quarterback, at least this next year. I don't think we're going to have another year of, of, Oh, Zach Wilson, you know, what can the jets improve? What can he be? Blah, blah, blah. I really think that, that this is the year where we're going to get a guy who, who we can become really excited about. Um, I think we've talked about how the team kind of goes with Zach Wilson. Um, and while I still think the team can probably have success if he's not the greatest, I think it's kind of like the chicken and the egg where if the team's able to put together wins, Zach Wilson's going to be able to at least have a decent year. And if Zach Wilson's able to at least have a decent year, they're going to be able to put together wins, you know? So like, it's going to if, – if you're going to see the Jets succeed, even if it's not necessarily from spectacular play by him, I still think his numbers and things like that will be there. Um, I, I, you know, we always compare the Jets to San Francisco. And I just went back and looked at Jimmy G's career, and his two best years were last year and um, 2019, I believe. and. In 2019, he had almost 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 13 uh, interceptions. Uh, last year, he had 
3,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Um, and so I think that, I think that that's kind of like a good benchmark for Zach Wilson. You know, I want him almost at, at 4,000 yards. I want him throwing 20, 25 plus touchdowns. And I want him to stay under like 15 interceptions. Um, and I think as, if he's able to do that, he's really going to um, establish himself just as kind of a guy, like a top half quarterback, I guess. Um, when you look at quarterback statistics over the past few years, there's a pretty clear line um, around 3,500 yards that kind of splits the top half quarterbacks from the bottom half quarterbacks. So I'm putting it there as, as a low bar. Now this even might not, this would be an okay year from Zach Wilson, but it, it might still leave a little bit desired among the fans, but as a minimum bar, I want Zach Wilson to get 3,600 yards, 25 touchdowns and 14 or less interceptions. And I think that, that improvement um, last year, he had 2,300 yards over 13 games, 3000 yard pace. I think if he can just bump those numbers up, you know, throw more touchdowns, we, we can't keep living in this single digit touchdown world. We need to have a quarterback who's going to throw 20 plus and, and can limit the turnovers. You know, I really think that, that he's going to be able to, to take that next step. So that's my number one pick. I'm glad you said all that because that was going to be my first question is, okay, but what does what does the breakout numbers look like? And and even to me, beyond the yards, beyond the touchdowns, beyond the interceptions, I think those are all three very important things. And I guess this one almost kind of comes with those others is I that completion percentage needs to be higher than 55.6. And I think there's a lot that is going to make that possible, better receiving talent around him you know, um, hopefully a healthier staff, more protection, better protection. Um, the, the completion percentage is where it's like the breakout. And you, you think about some of the guys that have made that leap into stardom, you know, talk about a guy that was, had some of the lowest completion percentage in his first two seasons. Josh Allen is now one of the more accurate quarterbacks in football. So that's something that we can see develop over time. To me, that's the make or break for Wilson um, is being able to, to be a little bit, not, even more than a little bit, a lot higher than uh, completing just 55% of your passes. Real quick on, yeah, like on the completion percentage, I, you're, you're so right. I mean, I think he was last in the NFL or like 32nd completion percentage last year. Um, and that is a huge detriment. And, and a, a lot of people want to point to drops. You know, the Jets really didn't have an outstanding number of drops compared to other teams. Um, but I, I do think that like Zach Wilson's, inaccuracies like I don't think it stems from him being inaccurate when he's throwing the ball but it's his lack of it was his lack of like fundamentals of setting his feet and and taking the easy route and, or taking the easy check down and like things like that where it's not it's not that he struggles with accuracy but it's that he was struggling with the fundamentals of setting his feet and staying calm in the pocket so I do think that that um, that possibility for a jump is there. Whereas a quarterback who just struggles to put the ball in the right spot, even when they're doing the correct things, that's kind of a different situation. Totally agree. I'll be honest. He, he wasn't my one, one. I had him on the list, obviously, because of all the things you said, it, it just makes sense for him to kind of take that step given what's around him. Um, I do think that, um, he's been put in the position where he can make that breakout. Look, if he gets a full 17 games, if he can 
stay protected. I think those are the two most important things. It's, it's, can your offensive line keep you upright and can your receivers really help you out? And I think both of, both of the units on paper look like they should be able to do that. I did not have him as my one, one though. Well, that's awesome. Cause now I'm excited to hear who one, two is. I know. I get my, I get my one, one at one, two. Elijah Moore. He's like my Damn. number one guy for a breakout season next year for the Jets. You know, if you, if you took a look at his pace for a 17 game season last year, and you know that he was banged up a little bit played with what three, or it, it was only, it was only three different quarterbacks, right? They didn't go to a fourth one at, at one point. Did they Josh Johnson, Flacco, Josh Johnson. Mike White, Zach I'm Wilson. forgetting Johnson. So he had four quarterbacks, um, his numbers for a 17 game season, 96 catches, 1300 yards. And, um, and that's an average of look 77 yards per game. Uh, did it playing 70% of his snaps uh, split and he was exclusively a slot receiver. I'm just, sorry, I'm reading through my notes here and I, I skipped over. I wrote things wrong. He was lined up outside because he was relied on as an outside receiver far too often. He's primarily a slot receiver and that's what made him so successful at Ole Miss. You would assume with Zach Wilson healthy for a full season with this offense, taking a step with him, not needing to be the um, sole leader. I think he's going to be able to get a lot more easy looks, especially back in the slot when you've got guys that you need to worry about on the outside. To me, it's like a, if he's healthy, it's a 1000 yard receiver. It's leading the lead or leading the team in yards, catches, possibly even touchdowns. To me, I know there's a lot of hype building around Garrett Wilson, and I think he his day comes as probably the best receiver for this team. But next season, it's going to be Elijah Moore, and I'm I'm really excited to see kind of how his season turns out as as the top guy for the Jets. Yeah, you know, I didn't expect you to have him as your number one guy, but I love absolutely love that you do because I mean I agree with everything that you just said, and and I had him as one of my guys. Um, and yeah, I mean, I personally, maybe, listen, I, I kind of have a thing where like, I like underrate rookies until they're in the NFL. So this could be completely off by me, but I really think, I really think like we can see Elijah Moore be the best receiver on the Jets. And I think that could just continue to happen year, you know, for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I mean, you said it, I really, I, if he's healthy, I think, there's no way he's not going to have a thousand yards. I think Zach Wilson's going to look to him, you know, as a guy that, that he knows he can trust. He knows can make plays. I think they're going to go out of their way to get him involved. I do agree with you. I mean, last year, I think the reason they wanted to play more outside so badly, because he really did like, he was not a slot receiver at last year. He was an outside receiver, but it's because they just didn't have a ton of talent elsewhere to fill those outside roles, you know, and I think that with, with the addition of Garrett Wilson and if Corey Davis can stay healthy, you know, that gives you that flexibility of, of really lining Elijah Moore up in the slot. And, you know, that's great for young quarterbacks, you know, cause it's easier to get the ball to the guy closer to you than it is the guy farther away from you. So I fully, I fully, fully love the pick. Yeah, I just I think when you take a look at and exactly what you said, when he's in the slot, that's that's the go to connection for Wilson. Like he's already got the year of success. Well, I was they, Barrios. So so used, you know, exactly. And, and it's like he's a good player. But why was Crowder always leading the team in, in receptions? You know, it's like it's the easy guy that a that a young quarterback can go to. 
Yep. And they built up the, uh, the, they built up the relationship in year one. Now they've got more help to kind of take guys off of Elijah Moore. I, I'm sure he's still going to get a ton of attention, but when you're in the inside, that's a, that's a pretty good mismatch that you can create. So um, I think a lot of that for Elijah Moore hinges on Zach Wilson um, as unfortunate as that may be. I feel like you can't have Wilson staying subpar and more becoming this thousand yard receiver, but um, at the very least, I think he's set up beautifully for next season. So there we have it. Round one in the books. Zach Wilson going 1-1 to Teddy. I take Elijah Moore with the next pick. Teddy, your second pick for breakout player on the New York Jets in 2022 is? Should we do a snake draft? Or does it not matter? No, let's not All do right. a snake draft. Let's just go to you. All right. My next player. And, you know. Did I put you on the spot this- there? Are this may good? not be well. I'm just deciding which one I'm going to draft. You know what I yeah. mean? But I do want this. This isn't going to be necessarily like my order of like how I think the Jets players are, but just in terms of guys that I think are going to exceed expectations and guys I'm personally excited about and would love to see be a breakout player. So my number two pick is safety Jordan Whitehead. Ooh, free agent who we signed former Buccaneer. Um, The thing that I love about Jordan Whitehead is that for some reason, I thought he was like 30 and he's not, he's 25. Oh, wow. 25. Yeah. So, so that's great. First of all, because, because I mean, he's a guy who we can really think is going to be here, you know, for the next two, three, maybe longer, you know, two, three, four years. Um, I, I think he's a guy like when, when I've watched the Bucks over the past two years, he's a guy that just like jumps off the screen, you know, uh, the linebacker they have Devin white, right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another guy like that, but in my mind, it was always Devin white and Jordan Whitehead were just popping off the screen, you know, just with their physicality, just the leadership, um, that they show on the field, like the command. I just, I really think that when you look at this defense that we have on the jets, it really is, is changing, you know, and it's very different and, and really every position group other than linebackers has been completely flipped linebackers and inside D linemen. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just really think that like having a guy like Jordan Whitehead, who's going to be a strong safety to really like hold down and lead our defense from that safety position while also being surrounded with a much improved defense from last year, you know, with good cornerbacks and, and a good D line. And, and I just, he's a guy I really love. And he's probably my, my favorite free agent signing that we had this off season. Now that, now that things have kind of settled down. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a guy who, you know, he's only ever missed like one or two games in a, in a, in a season. So hopefully he can continue to stay healthy. And I just really think, He's going to be a guy that that in all these additions that we're having and the focus on edge and corner, I think that he's kind of a guy that a lot of Jets fans maybe have forgotten about or just not thought about as much. Um, and I think he's really going to be like a good player. And I think he's really going to, you know, I think he's going to continue to kind of stand off the screen when you watch a Jets game. Um, and I'm really excited to see him play. He's quickly going to become a fan favorite for the Jets and not even just in the fact of how talented he is but kind of how crazy he is as a person 
Like I, it, you, you always have these players and you kind of worry about their long-term health because of the way they play. But when you see a guy that is just doesn't give a fuck about his body and just throws it around to inflict damage on the, on, you know, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver or someone coming over the middle, like Jordan Whitehead's that guy, he is going to lay the smack down on guys. And that's going to be something that's kind of like an attitude brought to this jets team. And um, you know, there were times where look, the defense gets bullied around or the offense gets bullied around having guys like that, that can really stand up and be like, no, fuck you. I'm going to lay the hit down. I'm going to set the tone of this game. Jordan Whitehead's going to be one of the most energetic, charismatic guys on this in this Jets locker room next year. Um, I love the pick. I honestly, I didn't even think of him as one. I think that's maybe I, I just personally view him as someone that I already have like a, I guess a decent amount of like, yeah. And, and this is something that I think is interesting and not to say that the Buccaneers haven't been on a big stage, but I think there are certain players that when you're in a smaller market, not that they were once Tom Brady went there and you come to New York, that's the big market. And that's where, you know, it's a huge fan base and it's a, you know, you're in New York city. There's just a, a lot of more, a lot more attention on you. So I think a lot of these guys, and we talked about this before the show, a lot of the guys on this team can be breakout players. It's just kind of picking which ones are actually going to stick out the most. Jordan Whitehead's going to stick out um, certainly next year for this Jets defense. And he's going to be the attitude setter for this entire team. I'm just thinking about like him and Salah, you know, together. And Crazy like my, people. My Crazy blood people. is pumping right now. You know what I mean? Crazy like, people. He just, he excites me, man. So football I, guys. Know, I used to play safety. I, I was a division three football player. Just, I don't you know were. if I ever said that before, but I was. So. I don't think we've talked about it on the pod. Um, I, I don't think so. Well, what, we'll what were the stats real quick? What were the senior year stats? I don't know. I think I had like two tackles uh, my whole career. You should have you should have that. I memorized. have stats though. I have stats. I know that's hey, fact. You have them. I don't have them, so that's always good. Yeah. I did go D1 though. D1 uh D1 musical theater. <laughs> I can't forget that. <laughs> that is fire. All right. So I, I like that pick. I honestly I didn't I didn't think of him. Um so I, I like that pick. Uh there's like a name that I want to take with my second overall pick, but it doesn't seem fair. No, I would like you to do it. God, but I want to go, I want to go lesser known guys, but I'm just going to do it because he honestly, if you look at his numbers, he hasn't really had a breakout season since his rookie year. I'm taking Carl Lawson back in New York Love it. Love back it. as a, a starter as supposed to be the premier edge rusher for this defensive line. I mean, really, you take a look at the numbers. It was his rookie season. He had eight and a half sacks. And then the three years following that, it was one sack, five. And then last year, he had five and a half. Obviously, gets banged up before the season starts, misses the entire year um, after being really the, the prize of free agency for the Jets um, that offseason prior. So um, in terms of breakout, I think we've now been building this hype around solely him for almost a, a year plus now, a year and a couple of months. And by the time the season rolls around, it's a year and a half at that point. So um, there is a ton of hype building around him. He's almost, I think we spend so much time looking at all the edge rushers that have been brought in and I, I'm not going to double up on edge. So I'm going to give away one of my guys. I, I was going to take my guy, Martin, uh, Jacob Martin. I just, I, I really think he's going to be such a um, high sack player for the Jets next year. That was like the edge. That. that was the under, under the radar edge. I was going to go with if I didn't go loss in here, but you know, we talk about who they brought in and, and okay, they, they draft Jermaine Johnson. Clemens is getting a lot of love as a, as another just crazy man, just <laughs> his scary, intimidating edge rusher. Um, and meanwhile, it's like, Hey, we also have this guy who's supposed to be the best edge rusher that just didn't get to get on the field last year. 
if he is who the Jets brought him in to be, I mean, huge breakout year is coming for him for someone that, you know, like I said, didn't play last year. And the few years prior, it was, it was okay production. I mean, you take a look, he does get to the quarterback a ton outside of his uh, 2018 season where he only played seven games. So he got banged up there as well too. Um, but you take a look, QB hits are pretty consistently in the twenties, 32 in his final season with, uh, with Cincinnati, but you think he's really entering his prime years um, as, as a, as an edge rusher. Um, if he's, if he's hundred percent ready to go, I, I think he is going to feast next year on this defensive line. Yeah. What I'm learning from this episode is that you agree with me a lot more than I thought you would, <laughs> Okay, good. which I very much like. <laughs> That's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Carl Lawson is kind of being like, I mean, like the forgotten player. Um, and I think it's like we last year, Carl Lawson, most likely, I mean, you can make an argument for CJ Mosley, but, but Carl Lawson would have been the best player on the team last year. And now I think here in 2022, I think there's a very solid chance that Carl Lawson is the best player on the team. You know, like I, I really do think that, um, I think with Carl Lawson, I mean, you just kind of detailed some of the more nuanced stats that actually kind of show how effective he was when he was on the field. Um, a lot of people point to his sack numbers as like a reason he's not like this elite guy when he, when he, two years ago, he really did like he led the league and went win rate, or at least was very high, led the league in quarterback pressures, or at least was very high. Like, and those things matter. Um, Mm-hmm. At the same time, I do think like it's time that the Jets start seeing some stats and seeing some sacks. You know what I mean? And definitely, I think what has just been so consistent is the inability to get to the quarterback and the inability to set an edge so that when one player maybe does get to the quarterback, they can just outrun them to the right or the left, you know? So I think it's one of those things where I really like for my mental happiness, I really need Carl Lawson to be healthy this year because just like missing out on it again would be terrible. But this was our, this, this was our number one free agent signing last year and Joe Douglas's biggest free agent signing. And we've yet to see him take a snap in a Jets uniform, you know? So like, this is a guy, there's a reason the edge is such a premium position behind cornerback, you know, and this is where you can like really change how your defense looks and your ability to, okay, can we make, can we make a play on third down when we need it? Can we get a stop at the end of the game when we need it? Like, like what happened in the Super Bowl? Aaron Donald made plays at the end of the Super Bowl. Like we need Carl Lawson to be a guy like that. So, so I, I love the pick, you know, and it's time, like we, we have to see it of course. And it's unfortunate that he got hurt last year, but I really do think that, I think that, it's very likely he's the best player on the team in 2022. I love it. I love it. A huge year riding on. And, and think about that. Like I said, it's the forgotten guy. If he is that guy and everybody else even just lives up to a little bit of their potential. I mean, this Jets defense can, can really make some moves. All right. So onto the final round, you've gone Zach Wilson and you've gone Jordan Whitehead. So one offense, one defense, I've gone Elijah Moore and Carl Lawson. Where are you going with your final pick? Yeah, I have two potential guys here. Um, it's funny, before we did this to prepare, I didn't know your pick. So I, I kind of picked six guys that I was going to pick. And so far, four of them were on my list. So that's good. Um, my last the guy, guy I'm going to go with. <laughs> that's good. The guy be. I'm going to go with, and there's two guys I could pick here, but I'm going to go with um, Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay. And 
that may not be the best pick because he was pretty darn good last year, all rookie mm-hmm. uh, team. But I just kind of want to like double down on the fact that, that like, I think Elijah Vera Tucker will be a pro bowler next year. You know, like I think that is like going to happen. And I think that he, you know, he came into the league and, and the reason I love that we traded up for him is he was the one lineman last year in the draft where everyone kind of said like, this is the guy who's going to be good in the pros and is ready and is going to be able to play. And he went out there and what did he show us? He's going to be able to play. Um, and I think that just like the improved, the improved talent all around him on the offense with adding Lincoln Tomlinson and getting Mackay Beckton back to the line and having better playmakers and having a quarterback who's going to take a step and having tight ends who are actually going to allow you to, to be in 12 personnel. Like all these little things are just going to really elevate um, how the jets are able to like run the ball and move the ball and pass protect and just how they're going to be able to be viewed where I think, I think people will go from, cause I think a lot of jets fans already think like, Oh, Elijah Vera Tucker is great. I think right. that, the national kind of media is going to realize like, okay, this is one of the best guards in the league. And, and I guess really, I just want to stake my claim. And that's what I'm doing this episode. I'm staking my claim in Zach Wilson. I'm staking my claim in Eliza Bear Tucker that he will be a pro bowler next year. And we can go back to this once it happens and I'll look really smart. I like it. I like it. Obviously one of the, one of the glue guys essentially to this team, he's switching positions now. So you're going to have him on that right side, which is, it's funny because we're almost set up for this situation where it's, you know, everybody was like, Oh, Mekhi Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker. They're, they're going to be the anchor of the left side. And well, they're probably the anchor of the right side now, which is honestly before on the podcast. I think you have, which like, but it's, I think it's on like, like our first episode, but it's so true. It's like it's crazy. Cause now there are second <laughs> best options, but they're also definitely the future options. Once those guys, you know, probably fade out a little bit, but yeah, I mean, having them next to each other on the right side is just going to be funny to think of when you, you invest such high picks in them, but it's just the way that things have gone out for them. I love AVT. I still, I still think that the the jets made the right choice in trading up for him. I did oh, see, yeah. by the way, that they, um, one of the, is it talking jets podcast? They had that PFF guy on and it apparently was oh, a really good did? conversation. So I'm going to yeah, have to give I mean, that a listen. We Listen, we roasted the guy just like everyone else did. But I mean, it's like, obviously the guy's probably not an idiot, but like, right. He just made some dumb statements. Yeah, exactly. So um, love the pick. Like I said, this, this team will always win up front. Elijah Vera Tucker needs to be a focal point for that. Guards are still important players. Um, and if he can shore up that right side, it's, it's not even a matter of, of like, will he be a good offensive lineman? It's like, look, no, we've got our left side taken care of. Now we just take this extremely talented guard and just switch him over to the right side. Now he has to make that switch, and that's a tough switch to make. And we've talked about that, you know. In, before free agency, I was a fan of James Daniels popping in at right guard. He was a guy that played right guard all throughout college. It's just an easier player to have than you know to just be like, okay, now we're going to have you flip size. No, I'll just keep you at your position. I'll keep AVT at left guard, and it's just the way to go. Um, so. But at the end of the day, I, I he's talented enough where he can make that switch and still be successful. Um, so like the pick. And I'll just double down. I mean, especially moving to right guard, he'll probably be the best right guard in the league, in my Ooh, opinion. I like it. Spicy. What did Am you I finish last? Or what? Well, you, you said something spicy at the end of last pod. Did you say that they were making the seven seed? I said the they end? were making the playoffs because we spicy. are. Spicy. It's going to be awesome. Spicy takes coming out. I awesome. love it. 
Awesome. Yeah, well, so you see, I just decided that like I'm not going to look back on this year when the Jets finally elevate to become a good team and be like, oh, well, I was scared to buy in. Uh, nope, I'm buying in. I like it. I like it. You're committed. That's what we have this video for is we can capture Teddy's face when things go terribly wrong. <laughs> Give me my favorite God. part. All right. I don't want to so, do that again. So now five of your top six have gone off the board. Yep. Okay. And I don't, I mean, we'll talk about, I'll honorable mention my six guy, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I, I did not pick him this final pick. I wanted to go just something completely random, throw a shot, um, throw a dart at the board, just because I think when you take a look at what positions the jets addressed, I think there's one position group that they f- feel more comfortable than the general public does uh, general public. Um, great, great. How I met your mother. I, your mother I always do that there. Um, Shout out Jimmy I'm going to go, I'm going to go with linebacker Thompson and zero Dean Florida wow. state. Wow. I almost, I almost had him. I think this is a really interesting pick to me. It's just interesting to talk about him because the jets have done nothing. And I know they, they, they took a look at Quan Alexander and he's a guy that's familiar with, um, you know, the San Francisco defense has spent time with Salah. When you look at him, he's not someone that you project as a future starter at the, at the linebacker position. And they didn't invest in anybody this offseason that is that future starter. So that makes you think that they have that guy in-house. And it's not that Mosley is just going to be washed all of a sudden, but the way that they've addressed every position group on this team, it's building up for you know a star player at front and then guys that are going to eventually replace them. And they didn't do that at linebacker. And I think that's because they have a lot of, of trust in Azeraldine uh, taking that step. I was seeing a lot about, um, and I think I mentioned this on an early podcast that we've done, um, but their confidence in the linebacking group was because they felt the defensive line just didn't do a good job creating holes for the linebackers to make plays. And if that's the case, they just made a billion upgrades to their defensive line, which should just pave way for these linebackers. Thompson fits a good athletic profile. He's fast, as we've talked, the safety uh, turned linebacker. I just think that, you know, if, if there is going to be a guy at this position group that's going to take that step and, and kind of pave his way to be the future starter at linebacker for the Jets, uh, it's Nazeraldine. And I, and I think the Jets are trying to kind of tell you that by not investing in guys to keep him on the bench. So uh, what do you think there? Yeah, really interesting pick. Um, I think that you hit it so right with the way that, that they haven't addressed the position. And I think something that's forgotten a lot is that he got injured in the preseason last year. And that's why we didn't really see him throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and him and Jamie and Sherwood both were guys that um, the jets drafted like with, with ideas for what they were going to do in the off in the defense, you know, and I believe it was Nazrael Dean that, um, that Salah said, like, like we're going to have a role for you and and you're going to you're going to like be in this you're going to be productive right away you know and he honestly didn't really have a bad preseason before he got injured so I think I was listening to a Jets podcast the other day and they were talking about him and they kind of just said like oh you know I mean he was a disappointment and it's like sure yeah he was you don't want your whatever round pick he was to to not be like an impact player but also when you get injured and, and you're not playing and, and you're a rookie, like that doesn't just mean you're never going to be good again. 
Yeah. And I mean, he was a six round pick. So even at that point, it's like you did take a, a, a just a, a random yeah. shot at him in the late rounds. But no, you're right. It, you would expect, especially in a position group that was so, so thin for the Jets last year. It's like, do something. It's like that, yeah. that meme where they're poking with a stick. Just do something. <laughs> and like, I like Quincy Williams. I think he plays with a lot of fire. I think he um, he's just got like burst to him and like a, like, you know, a motor. But I, I don't think that he proved that he's like a starting level linebacker in the NFL. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that CJ Mosley, I don't really know where to land on CJ Mosley. Like he still had a good year in terms of like tackles. I do think he didn't look great at a lot of times last year. But again, like when you're just on a defense where the D line isn't as talented as it should be and you don't have good support um, from your from your secondary in the run game or in the pass game like that can kind of leave hang the linebackers out to dry. And we also have to remember that like the whole thing with Salah is like, he's a linebacker guy. So you would hope that some of these guys can be those mm-hmm. kind of less polished prospects that then turn into like really good players. So I think this is a really good pick because it's probably the most, I mean, well, it's definitely the most unexpected out of the six we've talked about. But I also think there's a very clear path of, okay, if if Quincy, if they don't end up adding a veteran and, you know, Nazarene could very well overtake Quincy Williams for that for that other starting role, you know, so definitely, definitely like this pick a lot. Yeah, I just I think and it, it may not even be him. It may be Sherwood. It's it's to me, it's just it's one of those guys because they have addressed literally every other position in free agency or the draft this year. I mean, what position haven't they taken? You know, I guess they didn't get really a, a starting or a, a guy to compete at center, um, but they went, you know, and, and they, they're not going to get somebody to compete at quarterback, but running back, they add a guy. Uh, offensive line, they added guards, they added tackles, even if it's depth guys. Wide receiver added guys, tight end added guys, edge, defensive tackle, cornerback, safety. It's every position except linebacker. So I think Salah knows that he – or trust himself enough that he's going to turn one of those two guys in into um, a starting caliber player. And for my money, I just like the athletic profile of, of Nazir Dean. So um, that one yeah, is definitely the pick, one man. where it's like, it's going to be off to the distance and probably the least likely of the six to happen, but there's easy enough of an opportunity if, if he's able to, to take that step in the off season and through the preseason. Yeah. All right. So there's our draft, Teddy. I think we crushed it. I mean, I was a little nervous. I tried to kind of stay away from um, rookies just because we've been like talking Me about too. rookies for, I didn't, for weeks. I didn't want to pick I did, any of the rookies. I did. The, I, I'll give my honorable mention. I did have Sauce Gardner as my sixth player on the list. Um, I just think that a, a dominant cornerback could really do a lot for this Jets team, you know, and, and I think he's he's a guy who like, he's got the talent. He, we took him top five. I think people kind of understood that he was worthy of that talent and it just came down to whether a team was going to value that position there. Um, so yeah, he could have been on that list, but I'm, I'm kind of glad we st- kept away from rookies. And I think, I think it's just exciting, you know, looking at like these six names, it's, it's an exciting list and there's more guys that could hopefully break out and we could really be, be taking a step into something here. Exactly. There's a ton of guys. I mean, you know, what if, um, I mean, John Franklin Myers is great, is a good player, but what if he even becomes it? You know, there's so many guys that, that still have room to take that next step. It's such a very young team. 
Um, I mentioned, you know, another guy I would have taken probably if I didn't go Lawson is I would have taken Jacob Martin. I just, I just think that he's going to be a guy that's kind of like Lawson. He's just always going to be getting to the quarterback. Um, I meant to mention this earlier, but I do like this, this exercise of picking breakout players for the jets, I think is pretty funny because um, from the jets fan perspective, like literally any player is probably any like of them a little right. And they're probably all a little like overrated in Jets mind in, in Jets fans minds, you know, just in yeah. terms of like, Oh, I think this guy's going to be like the That's best receiver. Point. Like last year we thought we had the best five deep wide receiver room, which we did not. But um, then you look at it from like a national national media and like national fans perspective. And I think most of the Jets are probably a little underrated in the mind of them. And that's why like talking about Elijah Moore and, and Zach Wilson, like, I think, I mean, Zach Wilson, it, you, you're starting to see it. You're starting to see people say, okay, this is my kind of dart throw. This is a guy I think is gonna, is gonna break out, whatever. But a, a lot of these guys are still a little underrated for the national media, but overrated for Jets fans. So it's just, it's a funny exercise, but we need yeah. some stars. Some of these guys got to do it, man. Exactly. Yeah. And, and even, I don't know, sometimes a breakout is even just like, when you don't when you're yeah when you're not expected to be like the number one guy like a guy like dj reed now that he's the number two corner on a defense like that makes life so much easier for you um you know martin like i mentioned he was relied on so heavily in houston now in just a limited role he's probably going to go blaze it up i honestly i funny because his his numbers are going to take a step back but i think michael carter is going to be extremely more effective as a oh yeah rb2 where it's like i could have thrown him in there um, as someone where like, yeah, the, the numbers probably go down a little bit, the touches and, um, but I, the yards per reception probably go up. The catches probably go up. The touchdowns probably go up just because he is, you know, going to just be better rested and not relied on as much. So um, we can stay on the field more. Exactly. Yep. So ton of excitement building around the jets. Well, that was fun, Ted. I like it. That I like doing fun. the draft. That was a fun one. Um, and I guess I, I think that'll that'll do things up for us today. Yeah, we did it. Great episode, we did it. man. But great episode. Shout out those six guys for making our draft. Yeah, congratulations. We'll have you all on as guests next week. Open invite. Just feel <laughs> free to let us know what you want to join. You can come stay in my house in Syracuse if you want. <laughs> we we got a, a hashtag bring training uh, the training camp back to Cortland started. Oh, today, yeah. So that would be sick. pumped for that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening again to Chasing 69, a New York Jets podcast with myself, Blake Pace, alongside Teddy Pristash. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same as the YouTube page. I'm at Blake Andrew Pace on Twitter. Uh, also catch some of my stuff over at Sports Illustrated. Teddy at Teddy Huncho. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, review the podcast, share it with your Jets friends. And uh, Teddy, give give one person a shout out because fuck it. Hmm. Name a person who comes to your head. Barack Obama. I've been watching. Shout this, out Barack I've been Obama. watching this uh, documentary that he like narrates about like national parks. Man, that guy's got a voice. You live a fun life. National park documentary. Uh, you know, it's like a Planet Earth thing, you know, or like uh, a Netflix okay. thing. You know, sure. what I'm saying. I do that in my free time as well. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.